to Discograffiti, the music podcast that delivers the objective truth about the entire discography of every single artist and band that ever existed. I'm your host, Dave Gebro, and in this episode, we'll be turning our spray cans on Foxygen's Jonathan Rado, who since appearing in our Rundgren doubleheader has gone on to produce the great almighty Wise Blood record and in the darkness hearts aglow. If you're tuning in for the first time, I've left my career as a hearing instrument specialist. We're over a year into the show, and there's a real audience building. Six-figure downloads in 70 countries, consistently ranked in the top 30 music commentary podcasts. And so now, I'm on a serious mission. Life is too short, and the state of current music too dire for me not to be doubling down on discography. By the time you hear this, my wife and I and our four-year-old boy Mason will be driving to the East Coast across the frozen tundra that is currently America to live frugally, and all of that just to ensure that discography is the standard bearer for all that's awesome about music. So don't go anywhere when this episode's done. Subscribe. Coming up, we have a private press special about Michael Farnetti's Good Morning Kisses featuring the man himself, Sergio Diaz from Os Mutantes writing his own early work, a four-part series called We Are Stardust, We Are Over, about the four least fortunate participants of the 1969 Woodstock Festival, and on and on and on, way into the future. Hey guys, throw me a bone here. I need your help. Check out all the back episodes. Share the ones you dig with your friends. Also, join our Facebook group, Discography Soldiers of Sound. We're on Instagram and Twitter, too, and quite active. You can find the link to our legendary playlist in the show notes and also on our website at discography.com. And if you're like me and enough is just never enough, then visit patreon.com slash discography and become one of our Patreon soldiers of sound. Our Patreon feed, it's the ultimate music deep dive. I post three shows a week. The main show on Sunday, then Discography's The Private Press with Paul Major on Tuesdays, and a Thursday wildcard episode, which is either an interview with that week's guest, or one of our other offshoot shows like Rock Cousteau, Queasy Listening, and Battle Royale. Just to be clear, this show is entirely listener-supported, so please, give it a shot for a month, you've got nothing to lose. And away we go then, with Jonathan Rado. So here we are. With uh, with Jonathan Rado, the oxygen from Foxygen. Would you say that that's an accurate assessment? Oh no, not at all. Oh, okay, I'm, well, we're on the right track then. He's maybe we're, more of the hydrogen. Right, you're the. <laughs> Tell me about why. I'm just why, a guy. You're just a guy. <laughs> all right, so talk to me about why you picked. By the way, I was a fan previous to us uh, being friends, but the reason why you picked Rundgren. So you already told me the answer is buried within the beautifully sloppy puzzle that is uh, fo- that is Foxygen and Star Power. So now that we've gone through all this, you know, listening again to the records and things like that, does it does it help you understand the record any more that you created? Mm, it's okay no. if it's a no. Yeah. No, it does. It I you know I do think that I I sort of looked to Todd Rundgren as a kind of model of what you could do with a music career he made a he was a successful producer and he made music as well that was also worth you know discussing for three plus hours so like 
it's just a, a really good example of like creativity. I guess not that long, like ten years of profound like creativity, which is actually pretty yeah. long. Ten years. Yeah. In, in retrospect, yeah. now looking back at it, zooming way out, it's, you know, it seems like it was like you know because a lot of stuff done in that time period. Yeah. Like healing is like what nineteen eighty two. Yeah, eighty eighty one. Yeah, it's like yeah. eighty one. Yeah. yeah, it's See, that, like that's a crazy decade of all those different things. That's crazy. Yeah, and he does so much more. You right. know, yeah, which this I is only love. one. Like, this is only one side of his. Uh, what we talked about today was only you know. There's, he, there's a lot more stuff besides that, even during those ten years. And so that's where you know that's where you know your work that I've heard <clears throat> and his are you know feel like they're comparable because you know you seem to you know, ingest the style and create what seems to me to be the ultimate version of your take on that style. And then you move on to something uh, completely and ineffably different. Yeah, Foxgen always followed that. But is that, is, is, that, is that you or is that you with Sam together deciding on that being a thing? Well, it's always me and Sam. Right. You know, like, it's always like a, a joint. It's like, a, that's a band, you know? Right, it's truly right. a band in every sense of the word like he brings a lot to the table and i bring just you know things to the table as well you know so so you guys you uh, guys started in ninth grade right yeah okay and then so just during your high school years uh somehow between the sats and, sh- and b- baloney like that uh you pumped out seven albums yeah i guess so there's um i could count them we have electric sun machine Jurassic uh, Explosion, Philippic. Yeah, there was one called Cat Food, Dog Food, Motor Oil. Jurassic Explosion, Philippic. There which was, was which was plastic. two two hours long. That record. Yeah, that's a double album for yeah. sure. What was your and What then, was your uh, recording process like in those days? Um. Oh, it was like all into the like eighth inch input in the back of my PC, like oh, a wow. mixer, like some mics plugged into like a Yamaha mixer, and then like the headphone out of that mixer <laughs> are you running like a cakewalk yeah. or something what, what software yeah i was sony acid was, oh wow wow that's, that's i used that to score uh, dave's first movie that's right oh really he, he did the homeboy it's a, a comedy but a white rapper <laughs> that's sick yeah there's some acid loops on those um on the fox Gen records for sure a, there was such a small uh, number of them available <laughs> commercial yeah there's this one there's this one that's featured heavily and it's like this my voice that's going like don't eat your bark your pop I just remember I mean it's like a hook of one of the Fox songs is it the transition now so <clears throat> you guys were so fucking uh, prolific it was ridiculous right so but now you're kind of averaging about three years in between albums, which is sane. I mean, it allows you to get a decent night's sleep at least. Um, so how has that, is it changed the dynamic? Uh, because you guys are not like living and breathing. It's just Foxygen. You get to do your own, you know, production work and things of that nature. Yeah, it's nice. You know, I, I also think that there's lots of practical reasons, you know, to like not necessarily pursue a band as like a long term career. <laughs> right. Yeah. Are you pulling? You know, away, like, are you pulling away from Foxygen? No, I'm not. I mean, Foxygen is our whole motto is that it was never a band. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's kind of, that's kind so, of a nice thing about it being the irreducible core of two is that it doesn't take. It's a, a recording project. Yeah, it doesn't. It take, was always take right. a lot to get the band back together if you, if you feel like it. Yeah. It's, so it's just like we're not touring. And there's music that 
we are working on, but there's not like any pressure or labels or really anything like keeping us to a, any sort of schedule. So your your goal was, to, correct me if I'm wrong, was to, from what I understand, was to be a record producer, right? Above and beyond being a, a recording artist? I just like making music. And, and then I met a few people in my mm-hmm. life who inspired me a lot to become, you know, to follow. Who is potentially the most Swift. important? Yeah. So yeah. that's, I want to talk Swift. about that because, yeah. uh, you know, that was 21st Century Ambassadors, right? Yeah, he yeah. produced that album. So talk, talk to us, if you can, about the inspiration that he brought to the table. Oh, well, he's just an awesome, you know, he made amazing solo albums himself where he played all the instruments and recorded it all on four track. And they just sounded incredible. And he was just an amazing producer. And we asked him to record that album and sort of wrote it, you know, with the idea that we would record it with him and with his like sort of style a little bit. And yeah, it was just a really formative experience. And he sort of engineered everything himself and did it all, played all the, you know, he didn't play all the instruments, but he can play all the instruments, you know, he was, and that was like, the thing about Foxtrot too is like we, me and Sam both also can play the instruments. Like we, we've always sort of made music like that with us just playing everything and recording it all ourselves. And that was our thing. And to, so to see him kind of make other people's albums, but, he just had a, you know, he influenced the sound of it for sure, you know, without talking about it or feeling like it wasn't ours or, you know, like it still felt like our music, but he just helped the process be really easy to make. Yeah. So you think that's and, like, a, you think that's had an impact on how you work as a producer? Definitely. This is already kind of what I do. And I had already, you know, recorded some of the Fox and stuff. And like, I was just like, oh, I'm, you know, like it gave me confidence to be able to do that for other people. Yeah, it seems like the art of producing a lot of it is like, or to me with the best scenario is like if you're, you know, you're make you're kind of tr- helping an artist make a record that they want to make. You know, not the record that totally. you want to make, you know. So, I think that gets lost. And you know, <clears throat> dude, you're you know, you're smart. You know, you're setting yourself up for the future. <clears throat> and it certainly is the uh, certainly seems like the Rundgren model of working. Uh, there's, you know, you can kind of do what you want if you have a career producing. Uh, you can, you know, really shoot from the hip in your work. Yeah. And it feels that way with I, your I, work, that's for sure. Plus, the records yeah. that you produce are fantastic. I mean, there's, you know, some really, really great ones. The Whitney record is freaking fantastic. Uh, Lemon Twigs, Beach Fossils, Father John Misty, you know, uh, The Killers, plus your own stuff. I mean, there's, uh, and Tim Heidecker, just a wonderful. A, ra- a wonderful panoply of different th- stylings, and if if I thought yeah. it sucked, I would tell you. <laughs> I believe that. Yeah. I but I legitimately I just like working with people. You know, all those people are really nice people as well, and so it's. I don't know. I feel like I get along. I I don't know. I like hanging out with people for a couple weeks and making music. Like that's a great experience. Yeah, you can so. kind of see the common thread in a lot of those things. You can see why a lot of those artists would be like simpatico with you have a kind of, or have a kind of a like-mindedness, you know? Yeah. I got to tell been... you, everything that I feel about you as a person is kind of summed up in one moment. So yesterday you were having some serious car issues. You were broke down on the side of the road. I chose that moment, and it was Mother's Day, I might add, 
Uh, and my wife was like, what the fuck are you doing calling him on Mother's Day? And I was like, it's the day before the thing. Um, <laughs> but uh, you were broke down on the side of the road. You have an endless list of stuff to do for whatever reason. You've got like uh, uh, some responsibilities that seem to me to fall under either tour manager or roadie. Um, <laughs> but you're doing them and you... And, you know, you very kindly followed through with all this, even though you didn't have to, as far as scheduling goes. But when I called you back yesterday to kind of, you know, just lock in the plans, you were the tone of your voice was so unassuming, like, hey, dude. And I, I know Joe or I would be like punching a hole in the car door. <laughs> so you're, you know, in that moment, I, I didn't know that's where you're going with that, but that's really funny. Yeah. You're, in that moment, I realized, you know, the quality of person that you are and not everybody yeah. can get, can get there. You know that too. Hell yeah, man. And this morning I woke up at eight. Went, do you do, you do know, anything to, to, I did. I woke up at eight. I did some, did, talked to my therapist for one hour on the zoom on zoom. And then I, when I got called a guy to come out and I there's a the wheel lock for my car you know the the wheel lock that holds on the hub of the freaking wheel right. that yes. had gone missing for some reason so I had a flat tire no one could take off the tire because you need a specific wheel lock oh, yeah. that I did not have so I had to call around to a million people try to find someone to come out to me because I have already had my car towed back to my house I'm going to go into this whole thing because this is going to be good for your listeners. <laughs> I'm going to have to find someone seat. to, you can edit this out, someone to come out and like, get the freaking wheel lock off. And then I had to, I went to the DMV, sat there for like an hour, did my, paid my registration, got my tags, came home, popped right on this Zoom. That's awesome. So <laughs> let me ask you a question, dude. Okay. In the 1960s, recording artists are, you know, strutting around like peacocks you know, d uh, you know, dallying around like Sir Fauntleroy, and yet you're waking up early, going to the DMV. Do you feel like you got robbed in a certain way? Indie rock is not a glamorous... Um, <laughs> no, no. That's, that ain't, that's it's not a, a glamorous career path. <laughs> right. Gotcha. Um, but yet you're sort of putting an infrastructure in place that I think gives you access to a certain lifestyle that one otherwise would not. I think I think it's you'll uh, you'll be a successful. Uh, I think you know. There were, it, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I'm in the music game, and just for me, it's like every day that I'm just making music and I'm not doing something else is a win. You know, that's how I always feel. I have, yeah. by the way, one correlative uh, thing with you: three years of college. Uh, three years of college, I was suspended, and I never went back. You as well. Three years. Am I correct? Yeah. Do you regret it, or are you behind it? I'm okay with it. Okay. I was going to film school, so it was like making school. I was, school I was anyway. film school, yeah. Yeah. I don't know anyone else. School. Yeah, yeah. I don't know anyone else who has, you know, gone three years to film school and then gotten suspended. You're the only other person on the planet. Yeah. I didn't get suspended. I dropped out, but I don't regret getting out of film school because I, no. How but I did get is, kicked out of high school. Look, I got kicked out of high school after three years as well, and I did my fourth year at a different bad kids high school. Let me ask you about the film aspect of things. So, you know, I'm guessing that soundtracking, things of that nature, is something that is uh, maybe a stone that hasn't been turned yet. But what is your relationship uh, with film now? Is it anything of what you're pursuing or not? There was a Foxygen video for a song called Avalon that 
you know, like I sort of wrote, you know, wrote it a little bit and that was pretty fun. Um, I don't really have much. You got an itch that needs scratching or no? No, I don't. I don't think I, I I don't know. I don't know. You think about it ever or no? I've got it. You know, there's a few ideas like floating around. All I want to say is if in the middle of the night you sit bolt upright in a flash of inspiration, covered in slicked and in cold sweat, uh, yeah. don't reveal the idea to anyone until we've had the conversation. <laughs> okay. okay. Maybe cool. you can score something. That would maybe be, be enough. I'd love to score something. I'm yeah. working on a bit of a score right now that's going to be really cool. Mm. Any yeah. details you can give us or, or is it too premature? I think it's pretty premature, but it's, it's Still awesome. It sounds like you could probably talk about it though. It's a musical. It's a musical. Yeah, I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'll take that. I found that doing, like, uh, I always thought, like, scoring stuff is kind of an intimidating job to do. Then I, somebody actually hired me to do it, and it turned out to be, it's just making music, really. <laughs> it's the same thing as everything else. <laughs> what are some of the winds that are blowing you uh, as far as, you know, inspiration goes for what you're working on now? Um... I know there was an era where Nelson was the was the thing, and obviously Rundgren. Uh, are there any particular winds that are blowing you this way or that? Uh, I, lately, I've just been pretty inspired by uh, everything. You know, like I, I, I kind of like everything that I hear at this point. Maybe that's a bad thing, but I'm finding a lot of joy in like just listening, keeping your ears open. Yeah, yeah, I like Massive Attack. You know, huh? Bjork. <laughs> What's up next for you then? I mean, is this something that you're implementing right now or no? I don't know. I feel like I'm always trying to like implement those things, even if it's very subtly, you know, and only I know it. I like '90s rave music, you know. <laughs> I think that's pretty <laughs> cool. You and, uh, Todd, I'm not working you on... and Todd have in common. That's that's precisely yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, I'm not working on any '90s rave music, but like, I don't know. I was working on like a country song the other day, and I was thinking that it would be cool with kind of a '90s rave vibe. But <laughs> I don't know. I try to I subtly put those things in, you know. Yeah, I sometimes think that's it's not always a direct one to one. You know, it's, it's you know, listening to yeah. rave music doesn't mean you necessarily drop the like, you know, the, the eight hundred eight bass in there or something. Maybe it's some other element of that. That's, that's, yeah, that's the thing but, that inspires you. You know, you. lately this is kind of like a ridiculous, probably a ridiculous thing, but I've just been putting on on Apple Music. They have this station called jonathan rado's station mm-hmm. and they've nice. made it for me and nice. i just click on that and it just shuffles through the Are songs they accurate? That Do they hit it on the head it, it gets pretty good like it it feeds me things that i haven't heard it's ai you know the it algorithm. just goes off oh, like so the what, algorithm. what you've been listening to is, um, it, is it a better song chooser than you kind of i mean Weird. I, I i'll go through it has like it has great runs like it'll have a great run and then it'll something will switch and it'll start doing some weird something I, i'm not into and i have to skip through a bunch but once it gets on a roll it's kind of like a good dj it's i like cool. that it just it's like it's all it's all great so it'll be like train in vain you know and then like um Hammond song and then like it's it's all pretty I love, good. I love Hammond know? song. Dude, the roaches that that one especially though. I mean it's gotta be tough being a group where your best song is your very first song. Yeah. My whole life. But the Apple roaches music. have a good that would be a good one. Roaches have a pretty interesting catalog. Yeah, they do. They do. Although nothing tops, you know, Fripp's work with them in my estimation. Yeah. But um, really cool. Yeah, so um 
what what are you working on now? Was was the pandemic something that went up inspiring you, or do you feel deflated? And what do you got coming down the pike? The pandemic wasn't inspiring. Mm. No. Did you work pretty much through it, or did you have a little break? Yeah, in I just mm, worked yeah. a lot. Right. I, I I wasn't particularly inspired by it during the quarantine. I was like, oh, sick! Like I'm finally gonna make like an album. And it was, of course, like the least inspiring time that there has ever been. Like right, right. the last thing I want to do is like sit in my garage and make a quarantine album. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, there, was no great, so, there was no great flowering of quarantine art. <laughs> no. I, I, I believe that um, Fiona Apple's Fetch the Bolt Cutters was, it was the perfect introductory time for the record. It wasn't created during that time. But I, yeah. when I think of it was the like pandemic, the work, it was I like think a, of the work of two artists. One would be uh, Fetch the Bolt Cutters, and the other would be Hyams uh, Women in Music. Mm-hmm. I think they're, yeah. you know, one represents one aspect of it, and the other quite another. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm really, Phoebe Bridgers. I, yeah, yeah. The Phoebe Bridgers one um, was another one, uh, especially the song Halloween. There's a lot of stuff on that record that's, well, I think, wonderful. It's, She's great. Yeah, but there's not really any like I'm. This is my pandemic record. That right, actually right. Turned out. To, no, that's I not listen, I'm really aware of anyway. Right. I was really listening to primarily Aphex Twin. Cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so I got really into Aphex Twin over oh, the pandemic. So, so much great Aphex Twin. Do you are you readying a Foxygen record? It, it, so I know it's been. Um, you know, it's been three years since seeing other people. I don't know if you and Sam had been working on anything. There's stuff. I'm not ready. I'm, I'm not readying it now. Yeah, There's what, stuff. Do whatever you got to do, man. It's your fucking world. You've done great thus far. You need beat to the dr- the the march of the beat with the drum and the stuff. You do just <laughs> that, okay? Please. Just bang on the drum all day. That's yeah, right. I can't believe you're leaving us before that. That's crazy. That's all I know. That's all but that'll full be circle. great. That's yeah. That's a great opening for the next one. It is. It is. And I can't wait to listen to it. I, yeah, we can't. We can't wait to reference you constantly throughout the remainder of the episode. Um, you can I, just cut me in, and just I could just say like, "Oh yeah, I thought what Joe, what Joe thought." Yeah, we, we probably have enough of you saying all the words we need to just That's cut an right. AI version of you, like a ransom. Another note. great Todd Rundgrenism. All right, that about does it. Thanks for joining us. A heartfelt discography thanks goes out to our graphic designer, Todd Zimmer, Patreon superstar and chief of staff, Corbin Betleon, my beautiful wife and son, Jen and Mason, Jonathan Rado, Joe Kennedy, and the entire Soldier of Sound Patreon community. I love you, and this show would not exist without you. Be sure to stay tuned because this Tuesday brings upon us another incredible episode of Discography's The Private Press with Paul Major, wherein you'll be introduced to a whole new world of music there's little chance you've either heard or heard of before. And then there's this Thursday's wildcard episode as well. And of course, you'll want to tune in a week from today for Michael Farnetti's Good Morning Kisses on a discography private press spectacular that's going to blow your pants through your socks right here in the place to which you come to say I'm leaving my house I may take my stuff I may leave it here I don't even give a crap as long as I've got my records stay gold motherfuckers it's discography graffiti